The Secrets of Star Trek is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Star Trek, episode 154. Captain DeBridge. Spock here. Make it so. Surrender is not an option. Attention crew of the Enterprise, this is James Kirk. We are all explorers, driven to know what's over the horizon, what's beyond our own shores. We would have helped you get home if you had asked. That's who Starfleet is. Hi, I'm Dom Bettinelli, and you're listening to The Secrets of Star Trek, where we discuss the hidden layers and deeper meanings found in all the Star Trek TV series, movies, and more. And today we're discussing the animated series episode, The Survivor. Yeah, we haven't talked about the animated series in a while. Joining me today on the panel are Jimmy Aiken. Hi, Jimmy. Howdy, Dom. And Father Corey Stika. Hi, Father Corey. How's it going? Very well, thanks. Folks, be sure to follow The Secrets of Star Trek on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, your favorite podcast app, or at the SQPN YouTube channel. We should also make sure to hit the bell to get notifications. And I want to let you know about another new show that's coming to the StarQuest Network. It is The Secrets of Stargate. Yes, due to popular demand from listeners, uh, we've had many requests. And uh, because we've had uh, some folks step forward willing to be part of it, including our own Father Corey, yep. we uh, we have uh, The Secrets of Stargate will be starting. In fact, the first episode will have dropped by the time you're receiving this. So. Go check it out. You can find it wherever you get your podcast from. Uh, it's 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 going to be a like this it, with a a different panel. Except Father Corey, right? You're you're mm-hmm. uh, on that with uh, Jack. Yep. And, uh, Lisa, and, and, and Lisa and Victor. Yep. Nice, nice. Yeah. So uh, that that'll be coming out every week, and it's will be starting with the Stargate movie, and then going through Stargate SG One, Atlantis Universe, and and maybe by the time you get through all that, there'll be a, a new Stargate series. We can only hope. So we're having a lot of fun. Come join us. Yes. Yeah, it is. It is great. Definitely check it out. So we are talking about uh, this Star Trek animated series episode called The Survivor. And uh, let me give a, a quick recap. I think I think I can do this pretty quickly. Uh, Carter Winston is a wealthy trader known for his philanthropy, and he's been missing for five years and presumed dead. But the Enterprise comes across his nearly derelict spacecraft and brings him aboard. By coincidence, the Enterprise has a member of the crew uh, who is Winston's fiancée, Lieutenant Anne Norred. And after a medical exam, which shows that there's something strange going on possibly with Winston, uh, Winston ends up, turns out to be a shapeshifter. He goes to Kirk's quarters, shapesh- knocks out Kirk, shapeshifts into him, assumes his identity, goes to the bridge, and orders Sulu to take the Enterprise into the Romulan neutral zone to a particular planet there. Uh, and uh, when Spock objects, Winston, who is now Kirk, insists. Well, the real Kirk wakes up, thinks he fell asleep while doing paperwork, goes to the bridge, and finds the Enterprise in the neutral zone, which is bad, uh, and so orders the ship out at maximum warp, and then they go looking for Winston. Uh, when they get to sickbay, Winston is posing as McCoy, and then quickly runs away and hides uh, as a biobed, and then that gets, he gets revealed there, and we'll talk about that in a bit, uh, escapes capture. Meanwhile, the Romulans show up, and under the terms of the neutral zone treaty, apparently 
if you wander into the neutral zone, your ship becomes forfeit and gets repossessed, and they're going to take the Enterprise. Kirk thinks that this has all been a ploy, that Winston, who is a Vendorian shapeshifter, is a spy for the Romulans. Uh, when Anne, the uh, fiancé, gets Winston at phaser point, she can't shoot him because he looks like Winston. Uh, he escapes. He sabotages the deflector shield. But then after revealing to Anne his true identity and how he absorbed the real Winston's feelings for her as well, he shapeshifts either. I, I didn't get clear whether this was uh, he shapeshifted into the deflector shield parts he broke or the deflector shield itself, which I was like, it was a little confusing. But they end up getting the drop on the Romulans. Kirk tells the Romulans he's figured out their plot. They back off. And the alien who is disguised as Winston will stand trial on Earth and they go on their merry way. And that's the secrets of Star Trek for this week, folks. Yeah. <laughs> See you next week. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much straightforward uh, what, what goes on. So uh, one of the interesting things, aspects of this is the, the voice of Winston is provided by Ted Knight. Yes. Which I think is fascinating. It's, it's not recognizable. I, like Ted Knight has a very recognizable voice, but you can, you can hear it in there. I did hear it, you know, kind of eventually. At the beginning, I really didn't. But and for those who don't know who Ted Knight is, he was on Mary Tyler Moore show. Yeah, Ted yeah. Baxter. Yeah, yeah. yeah he was Baxter, the anchor yeah. man. Yeah. Yep. And then on Caddyshack, he was kind of the head guy at the the golf course, the the bad guy, so to speak, on Caddyshack. So right. that's probably what younger younger meaning people our age would remember him <laughs> probably more so than Mary Tyler Moore, but. Right, right. I remember watching Mary Tyler Moore as a kid uh, when I was homesick. Ex yeah, ex <laughs> excellent, excellent comedic actor. I mean, he's just, anything you find him in, he's usually just hilarious. Right. Uh, other notable voice acting in this episode. So the, the character of Ian Norred, his fiance, is voiced by Nichelle Nichols, who otherwise doesn't show up as Uhura in this one. So I thought that was kind of an interesting yeah. uh, uh, aspect of this, is that we instead we get Lieutenant Moress for the first time, uh, voiced by uh, um, Major Barrett uh, in, in this one. So I thought that was interesting that they had her playing this other character. And other significant aspects, it's yet another time that McCoy is knocked out and copied by a shapeshifter. We had that in Man Trap. <laughs> and the third time that an Enterprise crew member learns that someone claiming to be a past love isn't. McCoy in Man Trap, Christine Chapel in What Are Little Girls Made Of? So there's a couple of th interesting things I want to throw out there. What do you guys think of this episode? Uh, this, it, you know, it's an animated episode, so it's fairly short. But what do you think about it? Yeah, it, 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 it was kind of a fun episode. I mean, um, it was in, enjoyable. And, and they didn't try to get too confusing with the shapeshifter. You know, the, a, a common trap, play off of Man Trap, is mm -hmm. to have where the shapeshifter takes over some other person and then the two people meet. You know, there's that, that you know, that's right. such a, a famous meme where it's like all of a sudden it's which is the real one and which is the impersonator. And they just right. didn't even bother with that. The, he knocks out the, the person, impersonates him for a while, and then changes again. Yep, that's true. That's true. Jimmy, what'd you think of this one? I thought it was surprisingly complex for a 21, you take out the credits and it's like 20, 21 minutes. Mm -hmm. And it's, this is a, this is a, the equivalent of a geopolitical thriller hmm. because you have the enterprise uh, trapped or entrapped into committing a treaty violation that will allow the forfeiture of the enterprise. And we would not sign such a treaty, but apparently the Federation has, and I guess it would be the Treaty of Algeron. Mm -hmm. But you have a, a very sophisticated 
plot here where the concept of entrapment, you know, for seven-year-olds of getting people to violate, a, a, you know, a law and then exploit that fact when they wouldn't have violated the law if you didn't entrap them. That's a that's a pretty sophisticated concept for Saturday morning television in 1973. And so it's it's it, it's it very interesting. It's surprisingly sophisticated. It's also a spy plot. I mean, this could be a Tom Clancy thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very this easily. totally could have been a full, you know, regular episode of TOS or TNG, uh, you know, at a different time if it wasn't part of the animated series. This, it, this story could have you could have put more detail into it and really built this into a a full 40 42 minute 45 minute episode. Yeah, I agree. One thing you couldn't have done is have the same kind of effects that they have here because this is one of those episodes of the animated series where they're exploiting the fact they don't have to do practical effects. Mm-hmm. And so the when we see Carter Winston's true form as a Vendorian, he is a six-armed red radial life form which I really like. I mean, we're away from bilateral mm-hmm. symmetry. A radial life form is one where there is no front and back. It's, it, it's, it, it's you know, basically has a circular body plan, kind of like an octopus. Yeah. And, and he looks kind of like an octopus standing on its tippy toes. And if you, you may remember, this life form and its shape, shape-shifting abilities have been featured more recently in Star Trek history in another animated series, Lower Decks. One of the antagonists in that in the episode Envoys of Lower Decks was another shape-shifting Vendorian. Right, that's right. <laughs> right that, to, to much more comedic effect than that one, yeah. which was <laughs> fun. Oh, yeah. Some of the... Um, I, I thought it was interesting when Kirk uh, assumes he's fallen asleep. Now... Apparently, the Vendorians have the ability to Vulcan neck pinch you into unconsciousness or something that has the same effect. And so I like how Kirk assumes his paperwork was so boring he just fell asleep. (laughs) (laughs) But, and they don't go to sickbay looking for Carter Winston. They go because Kirk says, I'm subject to blackouts. Oh, I right. I I need to get checked out medically because this could harm the crew, and so they're they're you know serious about that. And it's then when they go to uh, to sick bay, and they're talking to McCoy. McCoy is like, "You'll have to come back later. I'm too busy. I've got all these other things I'm doing." And they don't know it, but McCoy has been replaced by the alien at this point. Yep. And and they uh they say to him, "Well, are you still working on those Carter Winston things?" He's like, "No, I did those. Those were perfectly fine. I can rerun them if you want." And mm-hmm. Spock is like, "Well, do you think there's a chance you've made an error?" And McCoy says, "There's always that possibility." And that's the <laughs> fatal line because <laughs> McCoy, the real Leonard McCoy, would never admit that to Spock in so casual a fashion. <laughs> and so they they realize that uh, that McCoy has been replaced as well, and then they find him. Uh, they they find the real McCoy, so to speak, <laughs> so <Yeah>. to speak. <laughs> and they go looking for Winston. They find out he's turned into a bio bed, and Kirk uses a jar of uh, uh, a decanter or something of acid and says, "This will burn through almost anything but this crystal." 
And that's the but this crystal line is added because if you have a true universal solvent, mm-hmm. how do you have it in a container? You know, right. that's the classic thing. So they, they're ahead of the curve on that one. <laughs> and actually, Carter Winston does turn into a ship's shield uh, at mm-hmm. the end to defend them because the way the climax plays out, the Romulans say, okay, you're in treaty violation. We want your ship. Uh, surrender now, we'll take you in tow and drop off your crew at the nearest base, but your ship is ours. And they want it, of course, for espionage reasons. They want to figure out how Federation technology works and how it can be Mm -hmm. exploited and subverted. And Kirk says, no, sorry, entrapment also is a treaty violation we're not coming with. Mm -hmm. And so they have a space battle start, but because the alien has been ripping stuff out of the Enterprise to disable its shields. They don't have effective shields. So they point out, since the alien... But then suddenly they're saved from a a shot that should do real damage in battle. They point out that the alien whose memories of being human from having Carter Winston's personality have been reawakened, he's actually turned himself into the shield, just like he turned himself into the biobed. Right. And so he, and then somehow they managed to have a miraculous shot on the two Romulan things, the two Romulan warbirds that disables both of them and they're able to get out of there. Yeah, there's a couple of uh, logical flaws, I suppose. But one thing is, <laughs> I had to laugh, this acid will dissolve anything. So the bio bed, the floor, the deck below, the deck yeah. below, the hole. Well, he says al- almost anything. <laughs> right. Yeah. I was just like, that is a dangerous acid to have laying around in sick bay. Uh, and then, uh, well, also, I mean, we have to think realistically and not in terms of the logic chopping that children sure. do with such things. At some point, the acid bonds. The reason it dissolves stuff is because it bonds with stuff. Unless right. you've got an infinite supply of acid, it's not going to just keep eating through deck after deck. Right, mm-hmm. right, right. Um, it, it is an interesting ploy to to get the shapeshifter to reveal himself. Uh, that that's for sure. There is a point where we we find out that, like Kirk says, Winston is dead, and I, I was kind of curious because I don't remember that being established beforehand. Now later on, the Vendorian will confirm that Winston is dead, but uh, it's interesting that Kirk says that there. Um, apparently, Winston crashed on the Vendorian planet and mm-hmm. they took over his identity uh, at some point and, and have well, this they, agreement with the Romulans. They, they assigned a guy of Vendorian to be his, his caretaker to try to nurse him back to health. And he lived for almost a year um, or around a year, but then he died. And during that year, he told the Vendorian all about Anne, his fiance. And by the way, his interactions with Anne are, interesting in this because Mm -hmm. as soon as he meets Anne and she's delighted to meet him again, she has not moved on in five Mm -hmm. years. She still thinks of herself as his fiance. After five years of no hearing from someone, I wouldn't make that assumption necessarily, (laughs) right? but, uh, but she does. And he tries to break it off with her, but in a really gentle and sympathetic way. Mm-hmm. And so he's not playing with her emotions, which he could exploit mm-hmm. as an Andorian spy. By the way, they tell us that Vendor is not, because of the natives' shape-shifting abilities and deceit is sort of hardwired into their evolutionary psychology, nobody wants to go there. 
So, right. um, so they're kind of an isolated planet. And this particular Vendorian is sort of a loser uh, in his own society, which is why he was able to be recruited by the Romulans. Right, right. He was an easy, easy mark for, the, for Romulan recruiting. Uh, you know, and, and one thing they, they say is that the more this, this alien takes on another person, Attribute or in, integrates more of its memories and feelings and so on, and that's why this this alien had those feelings for for Anne, even though he wasn't uh, wasn't the the original person. There's an interesting confrontation between Anne and the and the Vendorian, where he says, "Could you love this?" and he shows her his true form, and that's that's a you know a a key moment in his change of attitude, like. Uh, you know, uh, I'm I'm not. I, I have feelings for you, and you have feelings for Winston. But do you, would you have feelings for this? And that's a that's a dramatic point in this story, this animated story, which, uh, as, as you point out, Jimmy is somewhat sophisticated for a children's, uh, you know, a children's Saturday morning cartoon. Mm-hmm. One bit that's a little less sophisticated is at the very end. They seem to imply that Anne is going to maybe get romantically involved with the alien. Mm-hmm. And she, he sided with, ultimately, he sided with the Enterprise. And so he says to Kirk, you know, what's going to happen to me? And he says, well, you'll be, you'll be tried, but, you know, you, you did ultimately side with us. So that's in your favor. And, and now you have to go to the brig, in essence. And mm-hmm. Anne volunteers to like take charge of him. And I'm going, Conflict of interest, yeah, way, way. <laughs> this would not be assigned to her in, even though she appears to be a security officer. This would not be assigned to her in real life. She's got a conflict here. She previously was unable to fire on him when right. they were playing hide and seek with him because yes. he looked like her fiance. She's clearly got a conflict of interests. So there's a a, a fun little exchange between Kirk and the Romulan commander. <laughs> The uh, Romulan gets on the screen and says, you appear to have a propensity for trespassing in the neutral zone, Captain Kirk. Yeah. And uh, Kirk says, it was not deliberate, I assure you. And the Romulan says, it never is. <laughs> I just yeah. love that, that little exchange. <laughs> it's so funny. Because <laughs> uh, yeah, we saw that in the Enterprise incident where Kirk deliberately took the Enterprise into the neutral zone to capture a Romulan cloaking device with the, along with Spock. Yeah, this is kind of a mirror image of that. Yeah, it is. That, that's true. By the way, regarding Carter Winston uh, being voiced by Ted Knight, if I'm not mistaken, Ted Knight is not uh, credited. At least I think I read he wasn't credited uh, yeah. for the voice in the episode itself. When when I first heard him, I thought, that's William Shatner. Mm. I thought they had, because his voice has a very similar register to mm-hmm. William Shatner's, and I thought it was William Shatner trying to disguise his voice and failing. But then I found out, no, it's it's Ted Knight. And if you yeah. listen closely, you can hear that, but it may be a little different than what you're expecting because on the Mary Tyler Moore show, Ted Knight frequently put on this bombastic newscaster yes. voice. Right. Yes, yeah. that's true. Uh, yeah. It, the only, only reason I knew it was him was because of um, Paramount Plus, because, of course, you can't watch it on Amazon Prime anymore. But uh, Paramount Plus put on their little thing, you know, that, Carter Winston in the parentheses, Ted Knight. Yeah, that's right. So they you know, give him credit an, there. So. There's another interesting little bit where we have the the only mention of Dr. McCoy's daughter, Joanna, 
Yeah. In mm-hmm. in the series, in the in, in, apart from, I think she's mentioned in the movie in in the uh, Star Trek five, but uh, but in the series, and he mentions her that uh, she was uh, she had met Carter Winston when she was in school. Uh, but it's interesting because Joanna was supposed to be in the original draft of the episode "The Way to Eden." She was going to be one of the space hippies going to uh, mm. going to Eden. Yay, Eden! Uh, <laughs> whatever the song is, <laughs> head and, now uh, to Eden. Yay, brother! That's that's what it is. <laughs> I knew you'd have it, Jimmy. So, uh, so it is interesting to have uh, that mention of uh, McCoy's. Uh, family, which is a uh, we didn't we mm-hmm. didn't get much of otherwise. This also is apparently the only episode where we see the Enterprise firing its phasers and photon torpedoes simultaneously. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. I suppose again in live action back then that would have been a lot of special effects work. Yeah. Uh, but again, with the animation, you could do you can do anything. Well, that that does that does answer the one question everybody said. Well, why don't they just open up with everything if they need to? Well, apparently they can. They just never did. Yeah, yeah. They eventually do it in TNG, which is which mm-hmm. is fun. Oh, oh, one 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 other note. This is also clearly pre Star Trek Search for Whales because Carter Winston is not only wealthy; he's famous for being wealthy. They talk <laughs> about him having made a fortune many times over and then used it for philanthropy. That's yep. right. This is this is the time part of the Federation time when wealth was not looked down upon. <laughs> yeah. And we don't use money uh until we do. It, it is interesting that you know, from a story perspective when they verify Winston's identity which consists of fingerprint, voice print and a photo ID. Uh they don't seem all that curious where he's been for 5 years. It's sort of like, oh, you know, we found you on the ship, we'll just take you back. And no like it never comes up like where have you been? Uh, again, I, I I get that it's a twenty one minute yeah. you know, animated story. They didn't get to it, but it's the if I if I if this were expanded, that would certainly be something they would have to expand on. Is that that questioning? So yeah. We do we do see the ID cards though, which we just saw in the last episode of TOS, where they had the ID cards to identify who each person was. Right, same that's right. same thing here, where he had to have his little ID card to to prove who he was, even though McCoy was offended that Spock would dare ask for it. <laughs> right, right. Well, it could be an alien impersonating. Uh, so, yeah, ID. All right. Uh, anything else you want to say about this episode, uh, Father Corey? Nothing here. How about you, Jimmy? Nope, that's it. All right. Uh, so, uh, I, 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 I th- like you said, Jimmy, this was a complex story, and I, I really enjoyed it. So, um, uh, how about you? How about you guys? Uh, what did you think of this uh, compared to the other animated stories we've watched, and animated in general? I, I think too. What do you think, Father Corey? I would say so far uh, that the animated series, I mean, it really is, it, it's much better than it seems like it would be. Because it, it would have been so easy for them to just do a, let's do an action, Scooby-Doo type, you know, silly Star Trek thing. And this this has been a very complex episode. We've had a couple others we talked about that had some very good complexities to them for, for 20 minutes. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's really well done. So, yeah, very much enjoying yeah. when we're watching t- what little t- TAS we get. I'm enjoying it so far. Right, right. Jimmy, any, anything? I enjoyed this one more than other recent ones we've done, like the Planet of the Vampire Space Woman people, which, <laughs> right. is, which is essentially a problem, what, what would be called a problem play. A problem play is a drama that represents some social issue in some form. And in that case, it was uh, uh, femininity and emasculation. Mm. Right. 
And here, this is a political spy thriller. And yeah, I much yeah. prefer straight ahead, complex plots to problem plays. Agreed. Agreed. That's that's a good way of putting it. Excellent. So let's take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of Star Trek, including Robert K., Mark V., Reese T., Jordan S., and Jonathan K. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the secrets of Star Trek and all the shows at StarQuest. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. We'd also like to thank Victor Lambs, who edits the show for us every week. So we'd love to hear from you. What do you think of The Survivor, this animated series episode? You can let us know by commenting on the show at sqpn.com slash trek, or our Facebook page, facebook.com slash starquestmedia, or send an email to trek at sqpn.com. And remember to go follow The Secrets of Stargate and start listening to that, because that's going to be another great show. We'll be back next time when we'll be discussing the Next Generation episode, The Ensigns of Command. Until then, Father Corey Stika, thank you for joining me in sharing the secrets of Star Trek. Thank you, but are the Ensigns Command better or worse than the Lieutenants of Command? <laughs> They're promoted. Jimmy Aiken, thank you as well. Thank you, and Jolan True. And once again, I'm Dom Bettinelli. Thank you for listening to the secrets of Star Trek on StarQuest. <laughs>